and welcome to the High Performance Podcast. This is episode two, a practical approach to the warm-up. I'm Jonathan Marcus, director of High Performance West and co-host of the On Coaching Podcast with Steve Magnus. So today we're going to delve into some practical applications of warming up. And I'm going to take a look at this from the lens of a middle distance and distance runners. Um, the warm-up is very critical in a lot for a lot of reasons, not just physiological, but as well as emotional, psychological, you know, everything that has to do with the whole ecosystem of the athlete and the endeavor they're about to pursue. So I'm going to get three different types of warm-ups specifically. First, we're going to talk about the uh, warm-up before a traditional kind of track workout, um, and then the warm-up before a uh, track race or a cross-country race or a road race, and then finally, um, more of a general ro- warm-up for your everyday training session, um, kind of your in-between ones. So let's start with first the purpose of a warm-up. A warm-up, for me, comes down to one simple aspect, readiness. That is the whole goal. The goal is to get yourself or encourage your athletes to be ready for the demands of the session that they're about to pursue. So if we look at the... Um, workout design, a readiness warm-up for a workout is meant to put the athletes not only in a physiological state, but a mental and emotional state that's going to be conducive to getting, as we talked about earlier, the stimulus um, of that session to then create a response and create adaptation. So bare bones, what I'd like to see first is showing up in a warm-up. Um, what does that mean? So if practice is at three o'clock, what I mean is that show up time. And if you have a group of people that you're meeting, the show up time is when you start to gather the gathering time. You could also call it when you start to matriculate and, you know, um, people start to engage in conversation, jokes, dialogue, checking in. Hey, how are you doing? That actually is very important because, that environmental switch coming from your hectic workday or your um, class schedule or what have you and making the move from a, you know, a normal quote-unquote human being to now this athlete uh, requires a little lead-in. So the show-up time for me is about 5 to 15-minute window. And two, if people are a little bit late or behind schedule, you know, they know not to be rushed that, hey, we're not going to actually get started with um, the warm up, the actual physicality of it for about five to 10 minutes. So two, it sets the emotional tenor for the day's session. And if it's a workout, hopefully, you know, as a coach, you're there encouraging, reminding, checking in with athletes during that show up period saying, Hey, how are you doing? You know, is there any stressors I need to be aware of? Um, you know, what's going on in your world, just getting a general pulse for each person and the climate of the team as well. That's critical during that show up period. Then I like to transition from the show up to um, the, what I call the pre-warm up, essentially, which is some general uh, mobility type exercises. You can use a host of different tools for this. Jay Johnson's lunge matrix is a fan favorite. That's you know, one of the first things that I it really opened my mind to um, not just putting on the tennis shoes or running shoes and going straight out the door for a warm-up jog, you know, encouraging the athletes to do something that's a little bit more athletic in nature before actual running commences. I also um, have used 
little mini bands or therabands as a warm-up protocol. So we have a, a set of different ones, um, and I call this pre-run. So pre-run can be a variety of different general athletic activities that always for me is a crescendo from easy or a little bit more static to a little bit more dynamic and a little bit more peppy or vigorous. Um, and again, it, for example, you can start with, say, minivans and do some lateral lunges with the minivans and then work your way up to things that are a little bit more engaging like um, uh, squat jumps with a minivan where now you're actually getting some power, getting some force off the ground, jumping up as high as you can, etc. So the heart rate's kind of already up before you even start your warm-up jog or your warm-up run. You know, and then we get into obviously the tried and true traditional warm-up um, of anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes of running, which again is a good way for the athlete to get a pulse and a check-in on where they're at, right? Because that's the purpose of the warm-up is to proceed, especially on a workout day, through a lot of different doors, checking in, checking in, checking in, so they have an accurate sense about where their energy level is, general fatigue, any weird aches or pains or strains or what I call bad owls instead of, you know, manageable owies, um, and then they can report that back in kind. So you have your show-up time, you have your pre-run activity, which, again, the pre-run activity should be no more than about five to seven minutes. This isn't this long, comprehensive lift of dynamic drills. It's just getting you ready for the run. Then you have the actual warm-up jog. And um, when people come back, that's when people can do different set of dynamic drills. Uh, again, I use the dynamic drills not so much as um, teaching and installing habits of movements and postures, while that is you know, an underlying theme of it, but more as almost a movement screen for the athlete. So I don't really change that much throughout the course of a year because you stick with the same drills, again, no more than five to 10 uh, and always moving from kind of a slower, um, uh, more relaxed type motion, always trying to stay fluid in the beginning to then a little bit more ballistic, poppy, bouncy, explosive towards the end, right? Because again, you just want to go through the whole spectrum of movement so the athlete can get a real clear sense about where they are on that day. And if any, if there's any red flags and you need to alter the session or cut the session because they can't move through this range of motion or through the whole movement spectrum um, in that dynamic warm-up. From there, what I typically um, employ is then what I call activation. So this is once you've done your dynamic drills and such, move into kind of reps before the workout actually begins. So for activation, this is a physiological, you know, type of activation where we're trying to get the biokinetics moving and grooving. So three to four times 200 at a 5K pace type rhythm or building into a 5K pace rhythm. Um, so maybe 10K pace for the first couple twos, 5K pace, and maybe if you have a senior athlete, the fourth one can be like a 5K or a 3K rhythm, um, all with 200-meter recovery, if you're, again, if you're on the track. And from there, pushing it with um, some flying 30s. So again, trying to get the CNS firing, flying 30s, something very quick, very poppy. You know, you're running into them a couple... Um, couple strides start so you're not coming from static 
So you get a, a sense of the full range of motion. Now, if you're dealing with a, a longer uh, distance athlete, like 10,000 meters and up, then at the beginning I like to of the activation, I also like to employ like an 800 meter um, threshold type flush where you know, we're just going at a very manageable marathon pace for 800 meters to kind of encourage that aerobic system to turn on a little bit. Because you typically, right, in the past, most athletes complain about, oh, the first rep of the workout, I felt kind of flat. But after I got through the first rep, then I felt activated, elevated, and ready to go. So I want every rep that you do in a session to be of the highest quality, right? That's how we're going to get the highest and best response from the stimulus rather than having the first one be junk. So the on-track activation exercises uh, in help ensure that. Plus, again, it completes the movement screen. Now you've moved from you know, uh, easy running, jogging, dynamic drills, and then actual some actual running through a spectrum of paces at faster tempos from 10K pace all the way down to some flying 30s, so like 800-meter, 4-meter type rhythm. And now the athlete has a very clear sense of how they're doing and feeling and if anything's off. Because again, the worst thing in the world, right, is to get halfway through a session and have to cut it because the athlete's limping or they just feel flat or whatever. And that creates a whole lot of psychological um, barriers as well that, again, if you address in the warm-up appropriately, you don't have to um, incur mid-workout or in the crux of the session. So that's really um, the heart of how that looks before I start uh, a track session with an athlete. It's a comprehensive warm-up for sure, but it yields dividends because if you keep doing the similar warm-up over and over and over again throughout a season, it gives the athlete a really clear picture about if they're ready for the session or not. And then you can have the dialogue about, hey, ready to go? And if they're saying ready, all right, we'll do it as prescribed. Or if they're saying, oh, no, coach, actually, you know, I'm feeling really flat or this is really, you know, tender or this this hurts or whatever, you can have a further dialogue about how to manipulate or alter the session or even cut it if that was that is what makes sense on that day. Um, typically, too, for a um, race scenario, the activation is similar to a workout scenario, except now you have to take into consideration check-in periods, holding patterns, etc. So for me, what I want to make sure is that people are still feeling crisp and sharp and that their um, decision-making is high and their emotional engagement is high as well. So if you're going somewhere in a championship setting and you're being held in a pen for 10 minutes, that's going to have an impact on some degree, on how the athlete views the scenario. So in that setting, you know, you might not be able to run around, but there might be different protocols of dynamic drills one could do or simple jumping jacks, just very simple things for the athlete to not let a lot of nervous energy incur, but also keep, um, you know, the physiological systems, the heart rate, um, the breathing, all that good stuff at that kind of peak um, element. And then two... Um, a nice little general distraction from the pressures and high stakes that's about to incur in that championship racing environment. So very similar because, again, you know, we want to maintain that semblance of you prepare for a race very similar to how you practice. Now, again, there might be multiple check-ins one has to go through at a championship level. So 
build that into one's protocol um, a couple weeks out if you're aware of what that check-in procedure looks like and if it is really long-winded so that then in workout sessions you can practice that where it's like, hey, we're going to you know, do your easy jog and then 10 minutes, just going to kind of do these different drills and hang out in this little period uh, or little area for a period of time, drink some water, etc. And then two, boom, all right, now do your dynamic drills because you've been moved you know, in the holding pattern. Oh, you can't do activation here. We'll figure out a different way to um, get your get your different systems right. Because again, you don't want to change the stimuli that someone has um, gotten used to at the last minute or in a championship setting because it can be a distractor. It can be a detractor. And that's definitely not what you want. Another thing for a general uh, uh, warm-up for just a general training day whether it's um, you're coming in the gym for a lifting session or you're getting ready for a regeneration run or recovery run or easy run, whatever you want to call it, a long run, is some type of pre-run and post-run activity. So again, pre-run for me is a little bit more bespoke and custom tailored to each athlete. So it might be a series of um, activation drills or excuse me, not activation drills, dynamic drills that focus on um, some type of deficit or some type of um, limiting factor physically the athlete might have, whether it's their calves or the sinking up of their posterior chain or what have you. You know, think about it. If you get before every run or every gym session five, seven minutes of these different drills three, four times a week, that's going to really add up in the long run um, to really help the athlete improve those limiting factors to um, dominant qualities. And then same deal with pre-run too, right? Pre-run is going to be after the run's all said and done, you went out, you went for your seven mile easy run, recovery run, what have you. Instead of just saying, hey, that's it, that's good, I'm gonna do some stack stretching and hit the ice bath. Instead again, think of some intelligent, very quick but intelligent drills to help springboard the athlete's response to that stimulus on that day. It could be something as simple as, um, you know, some push-ups, uh, you know, three sets of 10 push-ups, uh, three sets of 15 um, bodyweight squats, um, three sets of 15 runner toe touches on each leg, um, and three sets of 10 uh, walking lunges forward and backwards, right? That's a great, awesome, um, again, full range of motion movement pattern uh, type of post-run. You know, building those habits in of really working on your body, really being a student of one's craft are critical to um, anyone to develop a professional mindset and really get more engagement. So I look at that as a, you know, must and ideal uh, scenario for a warm up. And again, not even a cool down on that post run, but just as a warm up before every session you do that has to do with physical preparation and getting yourself ready to be in the best performance fitness that you're capable of being in. So I hope that helps. If you have any questions, again, feel free to email me or reach out to me on Twitter or direct message me. Um, and now I'm going to head in and finish off with the amateur versus the pro maxims. And they're like, oh, I'm no good. It's not worth it. I'm going to go find something easier to do. The pro instead can't wait to get back to work the next day 
after a defeat, after a loss. They're, they're seeing that opportunity where they didn't get the outcome they wanted as a learning experience. How do I now use this learning experience to my advantage to get better? And how do I get back in the gym or back on the track and get better? Or next race, make better tactical decisions, right? And that's a key but important difference culturally before between an amateur and a pro. So when you notice that an athlete you're working with, you know, remind them that every setback is a learning experience. And you can get a lot more out of those setbacks if you shift it to a learning experience that can help springboard you to become more educated and close your skill gap, close your, close your knowledge gap, or close that fitness gap for the next opportunity to then compete and see what you got. Now, it's tough. I get it in the moment to cheer someone up like that, but you just have to remind people, get better. You know, if you don't win the race, get better. If you can't complete the workout, get better, right? If you get injured, get better. Like, just getting better is enough of a um, siren call every single day to get back out there and keep in diligent, intelligent pursuit with your sound, consistent training and preparation. So again, use that as you will. Please feel free to interpret it and even go deeper than I elaborated on here. But to wrap up, the amateur gets disappointed and the pro gets better. So that's it for episode two of the High Performance Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Do me a favor, if you find this of value, share it with one person. That's it. You know, however you want. Send them a text, send them um, a tweet, send them an email, however you want to share it. Just one person is all I ask. If it's good enough that you've found something of worth in here and you say, hey, how do I pay it forward? Just one person. It It will warm my heart and really go a long way to helping spread this good works of this contribution culture that we're trying to create here with High Performance West. Thank you.